This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, if you hear rumbling in the background, there's a good reason. It's because we are here at the Anne Arundel County Food Bank, and those would be pallet jacks and forklifts and everything else moving literally tons of food behind us. But we're here today with uh, new CEO, Leah Paley, as well as the Chief Operating Officer, Susan. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Good. Well, we last ran into you in a Facebook Live video, I guess it was, at the Leadership Anne Arundel Food Drive. Yes. Um, yeah, you put me on the spot. That's, that's <laughs> no, just okay. kidding. Now, you guys, I, I say you guys, but Leah, you are relatively new to this position as the CEO of the Food Bank, correct? That is correct. Yes, and, I started. And Susan, at the end of you were September. the one that was holding down, I guess, two or three hats, or four or five or six hats, you know, in the interim. Yes, I have been with the Food Bank for a little over fifteen years now. Oh wow! And we have grown to the capacity where it just became unmanageable to do it all myself. So luckily enough, uh, the board supported my recommendation to split my position into a CEO and a COO role. And we brought Leah on. Well, Susan Thomas and I were classmates in leadership Anne Arundel, the class of 21. Yes, the I best keep... class that there is, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 get, I get my classes confused. I, the 20, it, it's probably because of COVID. It I, is. I, like 20 doesn't exist or something. That's kind of a crazy, yeah. crazy thing. But the one thing everybody needs to take away from our discussion today is aafoodbank.org. That's where you want to go to start to get all of your uh, information from uh, on how how to contribute and what the need is and everything else. But we're looking to talk about that today. And fortunately, we're here with probably two of the most important people in the county. Sorry about that, County Executive Pittman. You lose. (laughs) And I say that half in jest because you really are. I mean, you guys are, along with your team here, obviously, is responsible for so much. The numbers that I've seen coming from the food bank are staggering. And it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. It's a needed thing that you're doing. And we just wanted to t- wanted to talk about it. But I guess, Leo, I mean, what's your background? We know that Susan's been here for 15 years. And uh, but what, what is your background coming into food distribution? So I was working for the past 10 years prior to coming on board at the food bank at a nonprofit that's based in Laurel, Maryland, called Laurel Advocacy and Referral Services. They actually operate a food pantry. So I I think we would be comparable to one of the 70 plus partners here in Anne Arundel County, just over on the Prince George's County side, um, in that we were working with a larger food bank in order to get food out the door for individuals who are facing food insecurity. And um, in addition to that, the organization worked with families who were facing evictions, families who were um, currently unhoused, and we also operated a federally funded subsidized housing program for chronically homeless and disabled. Okay, so you've got that back, big background in, uh, in, in do-gooding. Yes, in do-gooding, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Susan Thomas, how did you get in here? I actually started by helping out and uh, they volunteer. sucked you in, didn't they? They they did. <laughs> a position opened and I just loved the group that worked here and the mission that we were doing, uh, helping to fight hunger. And we work with the best people in the county, everybody who cares about the people and try to lift them up and help them out. So I, I never wanted to leave. That's admirable. That, that really is. Well, you, I mean, you talk about the need in the county. Uh, how, how how is this need? I mean, 
we, we hear that Anne Arundel County, I mean, County Executive Pim says, oh, it's the best place for everybody and everything else. And, and you know, that's a great political line. It's a great tagline to put on the signs as you come into the county. Um, and we are one of the most wealthy counties in the nation. But we still have a problem with food insecurity, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know Susan can get a little bit more into the specific numbers, um, especially looking at how things compare now versus where we were a few years ago. But I think for me, new coming in, I found it quite shocking, given what you said, John, about us being one of the wealthiest counties in the nation and one of the wealthiest you know, states in, in our country. And to, to hear that one in nine individuals living in Anne Arundel County are experiencing food insecurity. And my understanding is that's even higher for children. One in three children in Anne Arundel County are experiencing food insecurity. That That's that's a pretty high number for a wealthy county. That's huge. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I mean, I, I did just do a little bit of homework there. And I know that the U.S. population, there are 50 million at some study had said in the U.S. that's food insecure, which is about 15.2% of the population, which blew my mind. Uh, and, you know, I do come from the, and, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, the, the privileged background. I mean, I've never had to experience food insecurity, but I do know I'm aware enough that I'm not that far away from it. And I don't think very many people are as well. I mean, you know, we, you hear about living paycheck to paycheck and, and whatnot. And that's that's a very real thing. I mean, you may have a very good paycheck and it may suffice you paycheck to paycheck, depending on what your life, no matter what your lifestyle is, I guess. But when you say those numbers are just absolutely staggering, um, how has COVID played into that? Well, like you said, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So there's a lot of people in Anne Arundel County that uh, have jobs, but when COVID hit, uh, their job hours were either reduced or, unfortunately, they might have been eliminated for a period of time. So they had no income coming in. Uh, the number of requests from people having to apply for food stamps and unemployment were just overwhelming and really not designed for that much um, of, a, of a request at one time. So they got backlogged. So food banks like ours were the primary resource that people had to be able to access food during COVID. Our numbers jumped when COVID started to 500% more than what it was pre-COVID. Right now, we're still 185% busier than we were before COVID began. Did you say 500%? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's amazing. How, how does the food bank work? Uh, I know that we find food drives all over the place and it, it benefits the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. Uh, sometimes you might see the Maryland Food Bank, but I mean, how how does it work? I mean, how do you get this food? And obviously, the macaroni and cheese box, Kraft macaroni and cheese box that that I donate is not enough to feed you know everybody here in our in our community that needs it. That is a loaded question. So before COVID began, seventy six percent of all the food we gave away was distributed. Um, once COVID started and you couldn't come together as a group and the number of people that needed help increased dramatically, the amount of food that we had to purchase actually grew to 74%. 
So the numbers flipped what we would purchase and what we would have donated. Uh, we've been very fortunate with the support from the county with the federal funds. So I do want to give a note out to the county exec and ACDS for, for their help because if it wasn't for their funding, we would not have the funds to purchase the food to make a difference in the county with the dramatic increase. So when you say you purchase food, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not rolling down the street to the giant or Safeway to to you know, with a hundred hundred shopping carts or something. I mean, are you are you purchasing where I guess restaurants would purchase mass? Uh, we are purchasing from the distributors that would actually supply grocery stores. So the last thing that we want to do grocery stores during COVID were actually limited to the amount of food that they could secure to actually put in the stores themselves. And we did not want to eliminate people that could afford to purchase their own food from not being able to get it because we were securing it from them. So we actually went to the distributors and purchased just directly from them and also to work with the Maryland Food Bank to get food at, at lower costs. Okay, so you are essentially competing, if you will, uh, with the grocery stores. I mean, I, mean, I mean, you're considered, I, I, in, a, in a very weak sense, a competitor, I guess. I mean, to the supplier. I mean, you're another customer. Mm -hmm. uh, we are. Uh, definitely, there's been a lot of challenges with being able to secure certain types of food. So we have many uh, relationships that we have developed over COVID uh, to be able to make sure that we can get the food in that the county residents need. Okay, I mean, I made a joke, too, about the crap macaroni and cheese, and that's like a real easy thing. I mean, and, and I do know a lot of people do. You've got these food food stuff in your pantry that lasts forever, and you think you're going to do it. I mean, you know, the, the candy wrap, you know, you know things <laughs> I think that'll last until, you know, I'll last cockroaches by the time it's done. But what is the need? What is the best food to, that is going to do the most good for you? And I mean, I've got to think that the macaroni and cheese is probably way overplayed and you probably have way more than you could possibly ever imagine, but you'd probably don't have canned corn. I, you know, I have no idea, but what types of food are the best thing to give? So that answer, we actually used to have a list of these are our items. This is our wish list. Uh, during COVID, everything is coming in and out of this building, rotating at least once a month, if not more. Um, everything in the building gets emptied, all of the food, and then it gets replenished. So right now, our wish list is all foods, um, shelf stable. Uh, we are trying to focus more though on healthy foods so low sodium uh, less sugars when at all possible uh, pop tops so that way we can make sure that if it has to go out to the homeless that they don't need can openers to open it so that would kind of be our wish list for the low sodium low sugar and pop tops but any food i would also add that i I think we who have four walls and a roof over our head, a microwave, a fridge, um, uh, need to kind of re reconsider and reimagine what are the items that, that we are distributing, that we are donating, because to Susan's point about pop tops, if I'm um, unhoused and I don't have a can opener, if I don't have a refrigerator, if I don't even have a microwave, I have to think about what could someone use with a hot plate or what could someone preserve for some period of time. So sometimes it's, it's thinking about those items. So things like peanut butter, or maybe it's not the box macaroni and cheese, but the one where you just need to add water. So just thinking through um, some of those things things. But because of the need, because of the exacerbation of the need, I think to Susan's point, everything and anything is welcomed at this point, assuming it hasn't passed its expiration date. <laughs> that's that's something that I, I never would have ever thought about until you said it, that 
that it's not just I don't have the food, but I may not have the means to prepare the food. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, what about perishables? I mean, you talked about, you said expiration date. Um, and what, perishables? Yeah, perishables, that's we, the word. Like, yes, I mean, perishables I mean, you know. and non-perishables. So we, we do have the capacity here at the food bank to, to keep things frozen, to keep things refrigerated. And we are giving those items like fresh produce, like meats out to, to our partners that they are distributing. So um, my understanding is that, that our partners who are distributing those items are giving them to households who are able to consume them, prepare them, and, and store them safely. I imagine that what you're putting out is more of the non-perishable than, than the perishable goods. Is that fair? More non-perishable is going out. I believe last year when we gave out almost 6 million pounds of food, 1.7 million of that was, was uh, produce. Where where does somebody that's food insecure, okay, you know, we can't live on non-perishable foods very easily. Uh, I imagine you could survive, but where does where does somebody that's food insecure go to get perishables? Would that be something where perhaps they were participating with the um, the food stamp program, which is called something else now? Um, the SNAP. Yeah, the SNAP, the snap, <laughs> snap yes. program. Um, or, you know, purchasing it at their local grocery store. Is that where that fills in the gap there if they can our goal has been to provide fresh produce to all of our pantry distributions that have the capacity to store it safely in fact we've even partnered with youth and family partnerships for pantries on the go and they'll pick up the produce from us right before they go to distribute it around the county so we've really been making a focus on making sure that those items are available uh, but we do always want anybody that is food insecure and is uh does qualify to apply for food stamps because that can supplement anything that's given to you at a pantry. That's fantastic. Now you've met both of you have mentioned partners and and partner programs and whatnot. So I can't come come here if I'm food insecure and and pick up. Can I come here and pick up food here at the food bank? So we are the distribution center. Our primary focus is to make sure that all of the pantries, emergency pantries around the county have food to distribute to the community. So we are not set up to actually distribute directly to the public, but our goal is to make sure that you have a local resource in your community to go to to receive food. Um, and that also eliminates extra cost uh, there's only one food bank in the county, and we don't want anybody to travel too far to be able to get access to food. I, I was going to say, you're probably not too convenient to deal or, you know, yeah. Bro Brooklyn Park being here located in Crownsville. But um, I think one thing that I found really uh, exciting about our organization and something that made me feel really proud to be a part of what we do is we distribute our food to our partners at no cost to them. There are no membership fees. There are no distribution fees. There are no fees at all. There's no, they don't have to pay for our food. And that is a very different model from the model utilized by some of the other food banks in our state, across our nation, where uh, groups are charged a membership fee annually, as well as they need to pay for the delivery of the food items that they have to purchase. So that makes us very unique. And it also makes us very accessible to partners throughout Anne Arundel County. They don't have to pay a dime for our food. Who is a partner and how do you become one? We have uh, right now, there are over 70 
uh, partners with us throughout the county. Um, and I, I hate to give a list because I hate to leave anybody out because they're also valuable and some have been with us for many, many years. But you can actually go to our website, aafoodbank.org, go to need help, and you can click on the list for pantries or the county actually has an interactive map that you can also click on uh, to find a pantry near you. Okay, because I know, I know that Feed Anne Arundel was born out of out of the COVID and the need uh, to keep people fed and restaurants open and, and mm -hmm. any, any number of things. And I know I know that they did some pop-up pantries at local schools. Now, was that something that you guys would supply food with? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they had donation where they you could come in and donate as well. So Feeding Anne Arundel has a couple programs. One is where they work with the restaurants and uh, utilize funding to keep the restaurants open during COVID. The meals that they prepared would then be distributed uh, through pantry partners throughout the county uh, where we would help facilitate matchups for uh, partners for those meals to be distributed that was their program that they actually implemented uh, the other partner the other program that they also do is pop-up pantries on the go and uh, that they do receive food from us uh, and they distribute uh, through in the community and Tyler Heights is one of their locations that they do distribute at there's a couple other schools that they do alternate between as well okay interesting are you strictly food I mean I know that the the county library has opened up a uh, sort of a pop-up um, mom's pantry, for lack of a better word, in the mall, where there was diapers and wipes and, and baby needs and formula and stuff like that. I mean, formula, I would presume, would be something that you would do. But do you get into anything other than food? We do, we do. Um, we all offer a variety of other programs. So we do have a baby pantry program offering diapers, wipes, formula, baby food. And we also have a senior pantry. So Susan, correct me, items like... Um, Insure, insure adult diapers. diapers, and then other things that are offered. Pet, a pet pantry. So when we get maybe food for uh, the dogs and the cats, and that we're able to distribute those out to the our partners that also might operate a, a smaller pet pantry at their site. That's cool. You're not forgetting about the four-legged fuzzy creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was reading a story Susan had shared from a partner agency where uh, I believe someone coming to get food was really excited to be able to get items for their pet. And I think prior to that, they were really struggling to, to feed their pet. So it's it's wonderful to know that not only are we able to, to feed our our human neighbors, but also our, our four-legged neighbors in Anne Arundel County. Sure. Well, I, I remember when we spoke earlier, Leah, you had mentioned that last year during COVID that you guys had distributed, I, I, I may have the number wrong, but it was like six tons of food during COVID, which was double what which alludes to what Susan has said earlier is the 500% increase. But is that, is that an accurate number? Six so it was tons? just under 6 million. It was uh, 5.8 million pounds, a little bit above 5.8 million pounds. And typically we would distribute uh, 2.6 million pounds of food and basic necessities a year. All right. Now I have, I have a tough time visualizing do you have any kind of a, a way to visualize? I mean, you know, you hear those stories. It's like, okay, well, it's, you know, if you stacked 75 football fields together, that would be the distance, you know. Well, it was when the tornadoes hit in Kentucky two weeks ago. We were talking that it was on the ground for like 200 and some odd miles. And I was up in New York. I said, my gosh, that is from New York to beyond Arlington on the ground so, I mean, that was my visual. Do you have any way to visualize what that 
amount of food is, whether it be in tractor trailer fulls or so a tractor trailer. As they both pull out their calculators yeah. really quick. I'm like, what's the visual of that? Like I said to you the last time, a lot of elephants. Probably not visually. A, a few school buses. Okay, now Susan's been furiously tapping away on her calculator. Okay, and she has the math on how much this food looks like. So a tractor trailer typically holds about 40,000 pounds of food. So 5.8 million pounds of food would look like 145 tractor trailers filled. 145 tractor trailers. Okay. So now I'm going to do my math here. And tractor they're, trailer they're, also they're, holds about they're, 20, they're, 22 pallets. They're about 40 feet. How many did you say? 145. Okay, that would be Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, the field, solidly filled with tractor trailers. I think for me, just just in my mind, going from two million to almost triple that, it, 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 I know that doesn't exactly speak to what you're asking, but to me, that's it's just mind it's just mind blowing. And I know Susan had shared with me that in the last fiscal year we were serving predominantly new people, people who have never needed a food pantry, who had never showed up to any of our partner pantries, because we do collect some information we have to report to our funders. And, and I think it was just over 50% had never before been to a food pantry. And, and so that's, that's shocking to me. Yeah. Do you, do you find that with your partners, people, that, and obviously, as you said, you do have to report to the funders and whatnot, but do you find that there's a, a stigma associated? I mean, I, I've got to think that I've, I've lived paycheck to paycheck and I've been fine with it. Now, all of a sudden, that paycheck has stopped. I've got to pay the car. I've got to pay the electric. I've got to keep the roof over my head. Something has to give. I mean, is, do, do you find any resistance or hesitancy for people to, or do you know? There, there is a, there is still a stigma out there and a challenge for people to go. So I, we really try to make our pantries as welcoming and uh, as possible with as limited information that we need to collect, only what's required by the the state and our funders um, to be able to get them through. But it is still very hard. People's pride uh, can definitely be a challenge uh, when you want to be able to provide for yourself. You want to be able to provide for your family. And asking for help isn't something that's very easy for us to do. Um, As humans, we, we never ask for help when we need it. I mean, you know, even if you think about a drown, oh, I can swim out of that rip current. You know? Well, that's also, I think, part of our culture, um, our, our society here in, in the U.S. of A, where it's pick yourself up by your bootstraps, that you should be able to get ahead if you just work hard enough. And that's not quite true for so many people. I mean, this this is a multifaceted issue. There are, there are systems at play, whether it's it we're talking about race we're talking about ethnicity we're talking about socioeconomic class there are so many challenges that so many members of our community are facing that continue to to push them down and and so to susan's point it, it is a challenge when you are being told well if you just work harder you, you'll you'll get ahead you'll be able to get a job that pays enough money so that you can can afford to live in our country but 
it's not quite that easy. And um, I, I think about how many individuals, not only who are living under the federal poverty line, but also the number of, of individuals who are, are working, who are asset limited, and, and they just are not allowed because of the amount of money that they're earning to be able to sustain, to make enough money to afford to live both in this, in this county, in our state, across our, our country. Right, right. You've got people that are coming in donating food uh, to the to the local partners, and can they come here and donate as well, or not really? Or you, just, I, I mean, you aren't you aren't a very retail friendly place. <laughs> it's, it's not the most accessible by by public <laughs> public right. transportation. So, um, yes, if someone is located nearby or they're in the Crownsville area and they're motivated to drop off. We do have the capacity to accept. That'd be the never, never say no. Never say no. We will never say no. We do have the capacity to accept donations. We encourage people to call ahead so we can be prepared to meet you outside if you have a larger donation. But oftentimes people are coordinating their own food drives and reaching out to us. And we might be able to go out and pick that up or they might coordinate to, to drop it off at a certain time. And that could be a, a neighborhood, a Boy Scout troop or a Girl Scout troop. Yes. Um, you know, any, I mean, I know this. Absolutely. I know the scouts hang the, the the brown bags on the on the doors in the fall, typically. Yeah, we um, we have a wonderful partnership that spans um, what close to two decades now, from my understanding. A few of our board members, who are real estate agents in in Anne Arundel County, have for is it six, 16? 16 years, 16 years oh, been wow. doing a harvest for the hungry food drive, and this past year, I think over 160,000 pounds of food. And this is, how many real estate offices were participating, Susan? I believe it was 15. 15 different offices. And some of the um, real estate agents, I think even took it in their own hands and went in their own neighborhoods and offered That's bags great. to people. Um, or maybe someone wrote a check because they weren't able to go out and collect food. But 160,000 pounds of food, and that's just one partner. I mean, we have that has been one thing that has been so stunning uh, to me and so exciting that there are so many groups in Anne Arundel County that have really stepped up to support our work, um, not just in the last year, but for for many, many years. The U.S. Naval Academy is one. Susan, I'm sure you you could share how yeah. fabulous they are. Yeah, they well, it's like Mr. Rogers says, you know, you look look for the look for the, the helpers. And I think that in COVID, we've really identified an awful lot of helpers. And I think COVID brought out a lot of helpers out. I mean, a lot of people are very content to sit in their home or sit in their offices and concentrate on working hard and getting ahead, as, yeah. <laughs> you, know, as you mentioned, yeah. Leah. And it's made us realize that there are people in need. And it's not just, oh, those people or, you know, the, the yeah. homeless, you know, whatever kind of stigma you want to put in your own mind. But no, it's, it's my next door neighbor. It's so close to home. It really Absolutely. is. Yeah, and, and I think um, the point you're making translates very well to the work that we are doing. Uh, food is, is a basic need. Um, we need it, obviously, to survive. 
And if we can offer it to our community members facing food insecurity so that they are able to utilize their limited resources to keep a roof over their head, to keep their vehicle if they have if they have one, to keep the lights on, then um, we want to do that so that they're able to remain safe. And, and I'm so very fortunate that we have had the ability through the partnerships with the, the county and with individual groups to be able to offer the food. Right. <laughs> Well, all of your folks that are running around, all of your team members that are running around here, I mean, you guys uh, are a well-oiled machine. Uh, are, is, are these all volunteers? I mean, what are these employees? How? I mean, you, you mentioned you get funding. Obviously, there's some, some cash that has to pay for the computers and the tracking and the reporting and, and, and everything else that has to go through. These are all employees or are they volunteers or a combination? It's a combination. And I think that what I have found most fascinating is the transformation of this organization in terms of the makeup of the people who are keeping the, the ship running. So um, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, the majority of individuals who were supporting our warehouse team were uh, members of the the workforce development program. And um, so we were having access to individual employees um, who were more or less volunteers. They were a part of the incarcerated population okay. and uh, had a very small number of paid staff. Um, then when COVID came, we unfortunately did not have access to to that labor force and in addition had to completely halt the volunteer program um, while while we figured out what we were going to do right so susan maybe i'll stop right here susan can speak to what we had to do at that juncture so when we were kind of reached that point uh, with no warehouse labor on the floor and our volunteers which were seniors at high risk um, having to stay home to stay safe. Everybody that did work here, which was about four staff in the offices, had to come out and uh, uh, and take the place on the warehouse floor to make sure that food continued to go out. Um, I am very uh, proud of my staff to be able to say that we did not skip a beat and everybody was assisted during that time period. And we were very fortunate with our relationships with the Office of Emergency Management with Anne Arundel County and to be able to help find partners that could come in. Um, Anne Arundel County Park and Recs that they had staff that weren't being utilized due to COVID um, that they had on their payroll with nothing to do. We were able to forge a relationship with them and say, hey, can we use those staff in our warehouse uh, to help keep everything afloat until we come up with a permanent solution? Uh, and being able to have relationships like that to be able to get support um, implemented right away was impactful. Susan, when you were, you were leading the organization back in 2020 when COVID hit, March of 2020. March 17th of 2020, okay, the news was starting to get out. Did you have any concept of where we would be? And, and I almost hate to say this, but as we go into our third year of this damn thing. <laughs> I don't think anybody could have had the foresight. I mean, if I did, I would have bought a whole bunch of stock in Zoom. Um, <laughs> but to, to have something go on at this magnitude and for this long, I will say that we did kind of just have a practice run with the federal furlough 
a year before. So that definitely helped us figure out how to get things together and, and how to utilize different partnerships. But I think this was definitely a learning curve for all of the organizations. And it really brought us closer together to work collaboratively, um, making sure that we're not duplicating efforts, that we're supplementing and supporting each other in our efforts uh, to meet the, the needs of the county as it's written so dramatically. Well, I know, how do we help? I mean, how can the community help the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. Obviously, we go to aafoodbank.org, and that's a good starting place, but donate to the food pantries, the local pantries that we've got going on in the food drives. So definitely donate. Uh, if you can, volunteer. Right now, we have a great matching campaign with Crosby Marketing, so uh, your donation will actually be doubled if you make a donation before the end of the year. Is that right, Leah? Yeah, so, so make your donation, make a monetary gift, you can go online to our website um, and and make your gift today. And all donations up to $25,000 will be matched dollar for dollar. Thanks you know, Crosby, to Crosby is such a great community partner in any number of different different Without ways. I mean, you know, Ralph from, you know, from Ray's father, Ralph, just really instilled that into his kids. And then that subsequently has gone out to absolutely everybody else in the uh, in the community and they've they ponied up 25 grand as a matching gift but they already gave something to you guys they, they already really helped you out earlier in the they year, did they? they did and that's um earlier this year a fifty thousand dollar gift that that we used for a matching campaign over the summer and and that's just in 2021 yeah. Um, they have they have been tremendous partners over the years. So they, they've definitely, and not just with us, but I know with other community organizations, uh, they do have that spirit of wanting to give back and wanting to help. And we're very fortunate that we're one of the recipients because during COVID, when a lot of donations went down and purchases and the cost of food went up, being able to have that extra support um, was extremely helpful. I know um, not not related to food. I was talking with the parents of a little boy who's 10 months old who has uh, biliary artresia, um, which has re required this little boy to have a liver transplant by 10 months and a wow. couple other surgeries. His mother actually was a liver donor. Mm. And she used to work for Crosby. And she uh, took a leave, obviously, for when, you know, maternity leave when she was had the baby and then when Jonah got diagnosed with these issues she mm -hmm. took time and she finally said look you know there's no way I can continue I need to I need to quit and they're like all right you can quit but we're not quitting you wow. and I mean they they turned around and then and, and they're supporting her I mean uh you know she's not working there anymore but they're they're doing drives to to help with the medical bills and stuff like that so they're just such a they're really such a great um a great company to have in you the have community. me on the verge of tears here i mean it's beautiful it really is and you know i love that you brought up the mr rogers look for the helpers that's that's one of one of my favorite quotes um and i know we we talked about how this pandemic really did uh amplify the number of helpers uh, that there are and and crosby i mean they've just continued they're continuing to blow me away with their generosity and and that's just such a beautiful story right 
Well, get onto aafoodbank.org before the end of the year and make a financial contribution. And it could be $5, it could be $10, it could be $20. Personally, if I had it, I'd do 25 grand and just make Crosby pay, <laughs> pay, pay it all out. You know? Thanks, John. But, um, you know, but just, you know, make a donation there. If you find a food drive in your neighborhood, um, do it. Take a look on their website to find out what the needs are. The need is great in the community. And honestly, I don't see it abating. Uh, well, now as we're seeing Omicron come through, I mean, I don't see the need abating anytime soon. No, it, it really is not. And I've, I've heard a couple of different um, speculations. I don't want to say thrown around because I do think they're they're based on, uh, on, on research and trends um, that we could be looking at anywhere from three to five years before we see the numbers um, go down in terms of, wow. of the, the need for food. So we are continuing to need the support of our community. And I know, at least from my previous experience uh, at a food pantry, that, that while the holidays are a time where everyone really steps up and, and gives tremendously, not just dollars, but also doing the food drives that oftentimes, um, you know, in the new year, around the summer, the, the food donations start to dwindle. Uh, the need does not. And, and so we really, really do need those who are in a position to pay it forward. I would venture to say during the summertime, the need is even greater um, because, I mean, for children, anyhow, it, as long as they're in school, you know, they may have access to some kind of food in school as well. So, I mean, I would think in summertime, they may or may not. You know. it, it can be um, for, for sure. That's That's been my ex experience. Um, I do know that when our children are in school, in addition to having access to the, the free meals, if they're eligible, and, and, and I think for another fortunate thing from the pandemic is that um, I think a lot of counties actually gave access to the free meal uh, free meals for everyone, irregardless of, of income. And I think that also reduces stigma, maybe for, for some of those uh, afraid to possibly sign up because of the stigma attached. But um, where I was going with this is we have the Backpack Buddies program, and that was one that I hadn't mentioned. And that is a wonderful program where we're able to supply, is it four meals plus snacks for over the weekend, Susan? For standard, but if the weekend is longer because of a holiday or a break, we, we do add additional foods to make sure that they have have something over the entire break. Um, I did also just want to uh, give a note out that the Board of Ed is also, especially during COVID, they, they did continue to do meal deliveries with the lunch program during summer. Um, so that definitely helped. Uh, it's all of our programs really working together to fight hunger and that, that was definitely a huge help. Uh, but if you do have a school and you are interested in having a backpack program, please reach out to us because we are looking to expand on the programs. And if you see a need in your community and there's, um, whether it's the backpack program or you think that there's a need for an additional pantry, definitely reach out to us. Uh, it's volunteers that support the pantries that really make our program work. We're codependent relationship. And that would be like a PTA type mm -hmm. organization probably that would that would reach out to you? It could be a PTA. Or it could be a church time. group right. that wanted to sponsor the backpack program and prepare the bags to be distributed. Um, so think outside of the box. Uh, we do look for groups so that, that have some place that they can congregate, put the items together, and it cannot be in a home. I'm amazed at all the different COGS and how well they're they're working together in the county to make sure that we're keeping our neighbors. And let's be real, it is our neighbors. It's uh, 
not them or anything else. It's, it is, is our neighbors all um, as healthy and, and fed and nourished as we possibly can. Um, as we wrap up, I've got one important question that I do want to address to you, Leah, is um, what is the fascination with Dr. Seuss? I'm looking at a poster <laughs> behind your thing and I'm looking and at, your mask, at your mask that has Dr. Seuss. So. Well, I'm definitely a huge Dr. Dr. Seuss fan, especially the message of, of the Lorax, which is the quote behind me, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Nothing is going to get better. It's not. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to screw that up. Um, and and although I know that that is more of an environmentally focused message for that book, I, I think that speaks also to the helpers and the uh, desire to make the world a better place. And and so that's what I know we're doing here at the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. And and I know that's you know for me my personal mission in life is is to care and to make the world better. Fantastic. Well, I can't think of anything, a better note to end on, but I want to thank Leah Paley, who is the CEO of the Anne Arundel County Food Bank, and Susan Thomas, who is the COO of the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. First, I want to thank you for what you do. And second, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me this morning and inviting me up here to uh, hear your pallet jacks rumble in the hallway behind <laughs> me. And uh, keep just keep doing it. I mean, you're doing such a valuable service for our community. For those that are listening, aafoodbank.org is where you want to go. You can find out what they need, how to sign up for uh, pantries. You can connect with the Backpack Buddies program. You can donate money before the end of the year. Tax deductible and Crosby will match it up to $25,000, which is incredibly generous there. Um, you know, when you see your realtors doing their realtor drive in the fall or the Naval Academy midshipmen and the schools also do the uh, Harvest for the Hungry as well, which benefits this when they're back in there. So thank you both for your commitment to our community and what you've done, uh, what you continue to do. And um, anything that we can do to help you, let me know. I'm all about it. Thank you. Thank you for letting us have this opportunity to share what we're doing and, and how our community members are helping us make a difference. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.